0: It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather, and he who controls the weather will control the world. We have been told that he who controls the weather controls the world, but not for long. Man's war against nature is a war against himself. Central Bankers versus the World, that's a new report from Climate Action Australia. From the report, the governor of the Bank of England has warned of, quote, apocalyptic global food price rises and said that he is, quote, helpless in the face of surging inflation. No, we can't eat money, as the Native American elders pointed out to the genocidal invaders centuries ago. The Climate Action Report continues with this. Environmental degradation, including a destabilized climate, is impacting the production and distribution of everything that we consume in modern society. The report then states the ecological drivers of inflation are kicking in around the world. No environment, no people. When there is no longer functional environments on our formerly thriving planet, The story ends. And above it all, the unacknowledged climate intervention operations rage in our skies. Over 1,000 fires continue to burn in Canada, now with over 62,000 square miles incinerated. Canadian military needs dedicated climate disaster force. This is a statement from a former army commander. That's from the CBC in Canada. The firestorms in Greece have now turned into record flooding with a year's worth of rain In a single day. Major flooding hits Spain after a summer of firestorms. Australia is being told they're next on the list of scheduled incinerations. Drought deluge scenarios, the hallmark of climate intervention operations. From Nasdaq.com, Australia cuts wheat production forecast. And that's only one example from all over the world of crops collapsing. No surprise. Just the beginning. Fisheries are collapsing as well. From the UK Guardian, world meteorologists point to vicious cycle of heat waves and air pollution, but don't mention climate engineering operations. That's not allowed. You can mention any other form and every other form of destructive human activity, but that form isn't allowed. Flesh-eating bacteria is thriving and expanding on the superheated Gulf of Mexico, but the oil drilling platforms somehow continue to repel any and all hurricanes from approaching. Just Nature? Trying to help out the oil industry or climate engineering? You decide. We're now being officially told that there are far more jet aircraft near misses occurring in our skies than the so-called experts realized. Could geoengineering jets with their tracking transponders turned off be the core to this equation? With firestorms raging around the world, official sources are again warning populations of two apparently new conditions that they call firebrain, and smoke brain. That doesn't sound good, does it? Question, is that just firestorm smoke we're inhaling in so many regions of the world, or is there much more to the story? From MSN.com, scientists predict a, quote, population correction is coming our way. It's about time that the so-called science community summon the courage to at least tell a sliver of the truth, but that's all it is, just a hint at what's not just coming, but already unfolding. Here's the unspun truth. Global populations of everything but humans are already crashing. The human population, in an overall context, and I realize there are exceptions, has so far sustained its numbers by looting, pillaging, plundering, polluting, and consuming every other life form. And the human population, thus, is hurling toward total collapse, not just a, quote, correction. The global controllers who bear the most responsibility for what we now collectively face are doing everything they can, in every way they can, to accelerate the thinning of the herd. But since they are the most responsible, should they not walk the plank first? The conclusion of coming collapse isn't an opinion, it's a mathematical certainty, and the closest we can get to the truth from the so-called science community is The, quote, prediction of a population correction? Just another day of Orwellian doublespeak in the planetary asylum. They're not predicting. They're telling us what's coming. Question, what can we expect from the controllers as the public begins to realize the gravity and immediacy of the challenges that are closing in from every direction? They, the controllers, will play ever bigger cards in their increasingly desperate attempt to maintain their hegemonic power, The manipulators of the Matrix are already starting to replay some of the same population manipulation strategy that we were officially told was now behind us. If a larger percentage of the population doesn't correctly connect the puzzle pieces soon and stand against the gathering storm of criminal insanity being pushed by those in power, we will soon have nothing left to salvage. Through it all, the three-ring circus of scripted, divide-and-polarized political theater rages on, all being carried out on the proverbial deck of the Titanic, a.k.a. planet Earth, on which we are all passengers. Populations are not only expendable to those in power, they are a rapidly increasing liability to the power brokers, especially the often heavily armed U.S. population. What should we expect the controllers to do at this late hour? What wheels have they already set in motion? As stated a moment ago, Canada's remaining forests, the planet's remaining life support systems, continue to incinerate, and not a word is said on U.S. television matrix media. New from CBC Canada, parts of Canada could see wildfires through winter, federal forecast says. No, this is not just a federal forecast. This is the schedule. This is what the controllers have planned. It has nothing to do with nature. Stop, stand back, and consider. The U.S. military was so successful at engineering rainstorms as a form of weather warfare over 50 years ago that international treaties were passed that prohibited weather warfare. Not that any nation pays any attention to such treaties. So, in the case of Canada and so many other countries that are either on fire now or that official sources tell us will soon be on fire again, like Australia. Satellite images prove that climate engineering operations are not only cutting off precipitation, the toxic heavy metal and polymer incendiary particles from these operations are covering the landscape from foliage to structures and everything in between. Again, these are incendiaries, and incendiary dust. Dried out landscapes covered with this incendiary dust, I wonder why everything incinerates with any spark that occurs. For the record, the kind of forest preparation described doesn't just happen. It's exactly what is specifically called for in the 140-page U.S. military document titled Forest Fires as a Military Weapon, with about 18 sites studied and named in this document that are within the borders of the United States. Why would that be? And what a coincidence that we see exactly the same conditions prescribed being carried out on the ground. And let's not forget this point. Power structure paid scientists that are actually promoting the intentional burning of northern latitude forests in order to provide temporary and toxic surface cooldowns by filling the atmosphere with as much smoke as possible in the unthinkably desperate attempt to mimic the temporary cooling effects of volcanic eruptions. Is that what the completely unprecedented Canadian firestorms are all about? You decide. But before you do, please take the time to review the Engineering Wildfires section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org and specifically view this report title. And you can search this online separately, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, one of our most important short video reports. And what's the scheduled weather for Canada after the firestorms have run their course? Here's a puzzle piece from the UK Guardian. Quote, sleeping giant, drought threatens more disasters after record Canada wildfires. What's the Guardian report referring to? The drought, firestorm, flood scenario that's becoming the hallmark of climate intervention operations. So to piece this all together, here's an excerpt from the Guardian article. Quote, Unprecedented drought in British Columbia could usher in a fresh set of natural disasters, including devastating floods. They always know what's coming, don't they? That's the benefits of reading a script passed down from the weather makers themselves, Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. Question of the flood, firestorm, and back again scenarios been ongoing in Canada over recent years. Short answer: Yes. Let's rewind to this 2021 Guardian report headline titled, Floods and Wildfires Are Now Normal Life in Small Town Canada. From that report, locals traumatized by the scorching heat of the summer are having to rebuild their lives once again after massive flooding. Exactly how hot did it get in the normally cool coastal region of British Columbia during 2021? This hot 121.4 121.4 degrees Fahrenheit, approximately 60 degrees above normal for that region. To put that into perspective, that would be like a midsummer day in Redding, California, reaching a temperature of 160 degrees. The BC meltdown was enhanced by an ionosphere-induced heater high-pressure heat dome. The term high-pressure heat dome is now constantly thrown out by the scheduled weather script readers as if the heat domes were just random acts of... Of nature. If you don't know what an ionosphere heater is, please take the time to research that. The science is not disputed. Its effect on the atmosphere is not disputed. Its ability to create atmospheric pressure zones is not scientifically disputed. Please do the research and understand the gravity of what we face, that these weapons of mass destruction are being used against populations. With all that in mind, back to the burndowns, which the climate intervention operations are so completely inseparable from. New from Axios.com, U.S. air quality hit as 1,008 wildfires burn across Canada. The report says toxic smoke from Canada's historic wildfires is drifting across the U.S., triggering air quality alerts throughout much of Colorado, Wyoming, Minnesota, and Nebraska. Canadian officials warn that there's no immediate let-up in sight from the country's worst-ever fire season, which has left an estimated 41 million acres Incinerated and repeatedly choked North American cities with unhealthy smoke this summer, sending carbon emissions to record levels and posing a grave threat to people's health. The smoke canopies, as I've stated in previous broadcasts, can and are being pushed down with the same high-pressure heat domes that are used to manipulate upper-level atmospheric wind currents, thus to manipulate moisture currents, deciding where it will rain, when it will rain, how much it will rain. And by pushing that smoke down to the ground and holding it there, it maximizes the effect on populations and what's being sprayed on top of those smoke canopies. As I've stated again and again, we have filmed climate engineering aircraft dispersing particulates on top of the smoke bank. Why would they do that? How can that possibly be benevolent? Answer, it's not. Here's another stunning example of all that I just covered. Greece, after incinerating with hundreds of record firestorms for months, has now been deluged with record-shattering rain and flooding. How much rain? Up to 30 inches. And to put that in perspective, parts of Greece, after being completely incinerated by fires that were anything but random acts of nature, then got an entire year's worth of rain in a single day. Stop and think about that. Welcome to weather warfare. Here's two parallel headlines. First, from the New York Times. Record rains flood Greece just as wildfires let up. From CBS News, historic flooding event in Greece dumps more than two feet of rain in just a few hours. It was up to 30 inches in other locations. Drought, wildfire, deluge scenarios. The hallmarks of climate intervention operations. If the fire brain and smoke brain doesn't get you, the drowning will. Perhaps that's the plan. Here's another stroke of genius from so-called academia. A new report from worldresourceinstitute.org. Here's the headline. The latest data confirms forest fires are getting worse. Question, how many highly degreed power structure serving scientists did it take to figure that one out? Question two, what will it take for more of the public to contemplate and understand that when all the trees are either dead or burnt, we're done? Game over. doesn't matter if Walmart's open or McDonald's still selling Big Macs. Game over. Next question, just how many jets are crisscrossing our skies? New from the New York Times, as mentioned in the beginning of this broadcast. Airline close calls happen far more often than previously known. That's the headline. Yes, like so many other issues, the so-called experts that the public is taught and trained from birth to blindly trust, now admitting it's way worse than they thought. In this case, perhaps this question should be asked. Is the fact that the climate engineering jet aircraft routinely have their tracking transponders turned off a core part of this clearly dire equation? Again, I'll leave it up to the listener to decide. But how many issues have I reported on this broadcast from so-called academia, from the climate scientists, that they didn't know it's way worse than they thought? From insect collapse, plankton collapse, climate collapse, and all the while, climate engineering not mentioned. Not allowed. Just how bad is the unfolding and increasing crop collapse scenario? From the UK Guardian. This, the summer food went weird. That's the report. That's what it states. Searing heat reshapes U.S. food production. Let's take a moment to remember photosynthesis stops completely at 104 degrees. It tapers down to that point, stops at that point, And even before it gets to that point, we have a condition called vapor pressure deficit. Reported that many times for many years in this broadcast. That's when the atmosphere doesn't have as much moisture in it as it should, based on the temperature. And we have climate engineering desiccant particles reducing atmospheric RH, thus fueling VPD. Another factor which causes crops and trees and every other form of flora to shut their stomata, their respiratory ports. They don't breathe, they don't absorb carbon, they don't release oxygen, they don't feed, they don't grow they're dormant at best if they don't die. The report states from wilting wheat to stressed pollinators, US farmers and fishermen see unexpected climate impacts. How is it unexpected? When we knew at geogreenwatch.org, how is it that the whole of academia didn't tell the full truth and they're still not telling the full truth now? It's far worse. What we face is far worse and far more immediate than anything we're being told and The climate engineering part of this equation is massive, but not the only part of this equation as so many would like to believe. Any form of human activity that is detrimental to the planet's life support systems or that affects the energy balance of the planet is a part of the problem. Not a this or that equation. It's a this and that equation. The report continues. Farmers across the Midwest are preparing for temperatures to reach 115 degrees. Again, this report from this week. As a heat dome, there's the term again, covers the region. Many Midwestern farmers worry the extreme heat will scorch or at least stunt their already struggling crops. The report then says to say it's been a hot summer would be an understatement. That's true, more on that in a moment. In Texas, farmers reported smaller yields as their corn and cotton crops struggled to survive soaring summer temperatures. In Arizona, beekeepers spotted dead honeybees outside hives. Even underwater, off the coast of Long Island, kelp farmers recorded another year of shrinking yields. They're lucky they have any kelp at all. 95% of the kelp forests along the U.S. west coast and along the southern coast of Australia are gone. 95% percent—a world that I spent so many years in, diving in solitude. Yes, I'm angry. Why wouldn't I be? Not just at those in power, but at so many that don't seem to care about anything but their day-to-day pursuit of personal pleasure. Is that what life's all about? Where's the gratification in that? How does one face their maker without even trying to help alter the current course of certain near-term self-extermination that the human race is currently on? report continues, previous scientific models for extreme heat failed to capture the full scope of what heat waves of this magnitude could cause, and that farmers... Fishers and pollinators should be prepared to adapt to an uncertain future. What a gross understatement that is. You can't adapt to a dead planet. There's no adaptation there. And the course we are on, some frontline polar scientists predict that because of the feedback loops that have now been triggered, we could face a temperature rise on this planet by as much as 10 degrees C in the next three years. If that happens, game over. More from this report. Land, wilting wheat, and heat stress cattle. Extreme heat can stress many plants, including common crops, causing them to go dormant or to seed. Went over that a moment ago, Stunting growth and disrupting pollen. They don't state VPD here. They don't really give you the important details. They just give you generalities in a very vague way so that people go on about their lives thinking, someone somewhere is taking care of this, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Ranchers reported cattle drinking twice the amount of water to survive quote, heat danger, we see in Northern California, formerly lush region, that even in spring, cattle are hiding under trees in the early morning hours to escape the searing sun because of the now disintegrating ozone layer, climate engineering being the single biggest core causal factor in that equation, again, not being disclosed. UV readings, total fictitious reading. They're metering down to 300 nanometers. That is only half the UVB spectrum. They are not even reporting on the other half of the UVB spectrum or any of the UVC spectrum, the last spectrum before x-ray. Again, meaning that that searing sun you feel is not your imagination, and officials, all of them across the board and so-called academia, are lying about how bad it is. Let's take a moment to ponder our trajectory. Food production for the human race is waning rapidly. There's already some 37 countries descending into chaos, and an increasing amount of cases in these countries are leading to carnage because there isn't enough to go around, a.k.a. there isn't enough to eat. So what happens once such conditions come home to roost in the U.S.? How many are even willing to honestly contemplate that question? The answer makes the Mad Max movie look like a Disney kids film. Almost half of American households own guns when the food shelves empty out and starvation sets in How neighborly do you think your neighbors are going to be? How many continue to stockpile guns and ammunition as if doing so will provide them any sort of long-term security from what's coming for us all? Many of the same weapon stockpilers don't seem to think setting aside ample amounts of food storage is important. Do they plan to just take what they need to survive from their neighbors at gunpoint? What sort of moral depravity is that? And I know firsthand that some are, in fact, planning exactly that. I had a now ex-friend of 30 years tell me that that was his strategy. That was my last conversation with him. How long can such a Mad Max on steroids paradigm last? How many gun battles do the weapon wielders actually think they will survive? many of them out of shape and clueless about what it takes to survive in a wilderness setting if the wilderness setting was still functional, which it isn't. Our formerly thriving biosphere is baking, burning, being droughted out into dust or being deluged with unprecedented floods. From farms to fisheries, the food supply is collapsing. The frightening future I described a moment ago is now far nearer than almost any dare to imagine. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour, the End of the World as We Know It broadcast, brought to you by GeoengineeringWatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, aka weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. Geoengineering Watch shirts, hoodies, or our full-color printed climate engineering awareness materials can get the conversation going with family and friends. Every day counts in this all-important battle. Geoengineering Watch awareness-raising materials can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Our only goal, to fully expose and halt the climate engineering assault and to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. Moving on from the Washington Post. Hottest August on record caps, scorching summer for the southern U.S. It gets worse. Stay tuned. I'll get to that. This report says nearly every place where weather records are kept along the Gulf Coast just experienced their hottest August on record. Let's press on. Same theme. Also from the Washington Post. Gulf of Mexico waters are hottest on record as coastal areas cook. Yet still no hurricane impacts on any of the extensive expanse of oil drilling platforms that are scattered throughout the hottest regions of the Gulf of Mexico and the southern U.S. Hurricane season rolls on with the climate engineers leaving nothing alone. Nothing. Hurricane Lee is the latest example, allowed to rapidly intensify only when the circulation was close enough to land-based frequency transmitters to steer this storm. And though Lee has been Tracking in a straight line toward the U.S. for days, the storm is scheduled to make an abrupt northerly turn before making landfall in the U.S., bypassing that impact, it seems. By paralleling the U.S. coast, Hurricane Lee will deliver moisture to the eastern states, which will then be seeded with chemical ice nucleating elements, providing a temporary and toxic surface cool-down for Easterners again and again and again. The most populated portion of the U.S., kept confused and divided as to the true state of climate damage being done for 11 years consistently. The most anomalously less warm region proportionately is the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48, 11 years in a row. That's not nature. That's climate engineering. And there are agendas behind that. Again, keep the division and confusion between populations, their perception of damage done to the planet. They must keep that alive so that nothing tangible is done by that population until the moment of impact. How do the forecasters know, almost a week in advance, that hurricanes will go a specific direction or behave in a specific way? Because, as I pointed out so many times, they're reading scripts of the scheduled weather passed down from climate engineering contractors and patent holders like Raytheon and Lockheed Martin. The scripts are passed through the National Weather Service and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, the nation's weather personnel that have an illegal federal gag order on them, the schedule weather script eventually lands in the lap of the local so-called forecaster or meteorologist. And those individuals do what they're told because they know how long their leash is. They can pretend that they don't know this is going on, but if they don't, if they truly don't, they're criminally ignorant of the very field of study in which we're told they're experts or they're lying. Take your pick. Anyone remember that? schedule weather script readers knew a week in advance exactly where hurricane harvey would go and that it would then sit in the same place for days dumping 50 inches of rain not nature if you want to see conclusive proof of hurricane manipulation search geoengineeringwatch.org hurricanes we have done numerous reports with recordings of the frequency transmissions manipulating and steering these hurricanes you may have to search on a platform other than google because google is doing their best to censor anything and everything from geoengineeringwatch.org Moving on from Al Jazeera. UN announces, quote, climate breakdown after record summer heat. From that report, scientists have used tree rings, ice cores, and other proxies to estimate that temperatures are now warmer than they've been for approximately the last 120,000 years. You can believe that or deny it. Certainly, we only have their word to confirm this, but we can say that what we can see with our own eyes happening around the globe is beyond alarming and profound in regard to the ice. and All those that pretend that the ice is fine, there's more than ever. That's a blatant, glaring, verifiable by film footage lie. Please take the time to view a film called Chasing Ice. You can find it online for free. Shocking footage, no politics. If you don't believe what you see with your own eyes, there's nothing I can tell you. From Scientific American, half the world's population faced extreme heat for at least 30 days this summer. Half the world's population. New from CNN and many other sources, the world has just experienced the hottest summer on record by a significant margin. And this is in spite of the fact that everywhere we check, everywhere geoengineeringwatch.org monitors temperatures, they are being routinely underreported. Not overreported, underreported. The Northern Hemisphere, the report says, just had a summer of extremes with reported heat waves fueling devastating wildfires, harming health, disrupting daily lives, and wreaking a lasting toll on the environment. Countries in the Southern Hemisphere have also experienced startlingly warm winters with well above average temperatures recorded in Australia and several South American countries and Antarctica. Like the temperatures I reported on in this broadcast in the South American winter in the Andes of over 100 degrees, yeah, that should be extremely shocking to anyone who's even slightly awake. Yes, high pressure heat dome a part of that equation as well, but that doesn't mean that the planet is not superheating from many other causes. You can't go through 100 million barrels of carbon fuel a day, and 23 million tons of coal every single day, cut down the trees, poison the planet, poison the ocean, pave the planet. You can't do all that without consequences. Now add climate engineering that's preventing the planet from responding to the damage done. What happens if we continue on this course and the life support systems of the planet implode? Very simple. All other causes and concerns then become moot because we won't be here. And how many are prioritizing with that in mind? If we don't deal with the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat first and the boat sinks, nothing else matters. More headlines. As mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, what's lurking in all that too warm water, not just the Gulf of Mexico, but also along the U.S. East Coast. From Messenger.com, CDC warns flesh-eating bacteria is lurking in U.S. water. This is an ongoing story covered in other broadcast. report says leading American health officials are warning that deadly flesh-eating bacteria are lurking in water across the East Coast. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention issued a warning over... Vibrio Vilnicus on Friday, notifying officials that the bacteria is lurking in waters along the east coast and the Gulf of Mexico. This bacteria thrives in warm waters. In the most severe cases, the bacteria can cause life-threatening, necrotizing fasciitis, which eats away at skin, muscles, and blood vessels. Around 20% of cases are deadly, with deaths usually occurring within the first two days of the illness. And let's not forget the Toxic seaweed rolling up on beaches all over the same coasts, the dead fish, and the now dead reefs. Increasing by the day, all of it. The climate engineering weather whack-a-mole pendulum swings back and forth. Toxic chemical ice nucleation cooldowns wherever the geoengineers have enough cloud moisture to carry out their operations. That's why we see all the massive hail everywhere, constantly now. And what follows, generally, an even worse overall rebound of warming. The planet is spiraling into meltdown. Climate engineering further fueling that fire overall. From RollingStone.com, the climate crisis could mean the twilight of the American West. That's a given on the current course and not just the West. Half the boat doesn't sink. Moving on to the heat wave in Europe from SevereWeather.eu. Historic heat wave over parts of Europe, including the UK and France, breaking high temperatures under the Heat dome. There's the term again. This report continues with this. Very high temperatures are forecast to gradually spread into western, central, and northern Europe as the heat dome expands across a large part of the continent late this week. Listen carefully. I'm going to explain this scenario. It's very important. The omega-blocking high weather pattern will dominate Europe and this heat wave. The omega pattern, if you know what the symbol looks like, Picture a counterclockwise rotating low pressure zone in the lower left of the symbol that rotates upper level winds around that counterclockwise fashion, but then they go straight north and wrap clockwise around a clockwise rotating high pressure heat dome. And as that wraps around that pressure feature, it goes back down to the lower right of the omega symbol if you will, as a template for what this weather pattern is. Again, wrapping around a counterclockwise rotating low pressure zone. So you have cold and flooding on both lower parts of the Omega symbol, if you will. And on the upper part, the bulb of the symbol is a high pressure heat dome. And this is absolutely not a natural pattern. And we're seeing it again and again because it suits the climate engineers and their objectives and agendas. Let's corroborate this with another headline from Axios.com. The link between extreme weather in Greece, UK, and Spain. From that report, the heavy rainfall in Greece, which is already exceeding the typical amount of precipitation Athens sees in an entire year, as I stated earlier, is part of a severe bout of weather whiplash. How many times have I used that term on this broadcast describing exactly what climate engineering is most effective at creating. The report then says it was only a few days ago that the biggest extreme weather concern in Greece were raging wildfires, with crews battling the EU's largest blaze on record. The weather pattern across Europe features a stuck weather pattern known as an omega block, as just described, that is associated with extreme outcomes. Currently, the jet stream is taking a deep plunge southward across Spain, Then turning northward, that's wrapping around the low-pressure zone I just described, and curving across the top end of the UK, that's wrapping clockwise around the high-pressure heat dome that I just described, and back down south into Greece in a formation that looks like the Greek letter Omega, again wrapping around another low-pressure zone on the east side of that engineered weather scenario from BBC. Brazilian state reels after its worst cyclone disaster. From that report, torrential rain and winds caused by a cyclone have left at least 27 people dead in southern Brazil with more flooding expected. How can we see virtually none of this on U.S. mainstream Matrix media? But the Chinese news covers it frequently. Chinese news 10 times better than U.S. Matrix news, and I don't care what channel you're watching. And that doesn't mean the Chinese don't push their own propaganda on their channel. They do. Of course they do. Why would we expect otherwise? But they also show 10 times more of what's happening around the world than the U.S. scripted political circus, mainstream matrix media. From news.com.au, adapt or die. Nightmare weather coming for unprepared Australia. I mentioned this earlier. Australia already being told what's scheduled for them. Australia's winter was the warmest since records began in 1910. And the shift from flooded fields to parched paddocks has been startlingly abrupt as the El Nino weather pattern begins to bite. Blame it on nature. And that's what is so appealing about climate engineering to those in control. They can bring populations to their knees and blame nature or climate change solely, which is not true. Part of the equation. We have definitely laid waste to this planet. We have been horrible stewards of planet Earth. Anyone that denies that is not living in reality. But the climate engineering factor must be included in any legitimate conversation about climate anything from any perspective. The Adapt or Die report then states this like a world war, climate change, aka climate collapse, being further fueled by climate engineering, is a threat to people, law, order, stability, quality of life, the economy, and health infrastructure. Let's summarize all that. If we remain on the current trajectory, game over in the extremely near term. Statistical and mathematical fact. Let's add this to the equation. From the FinancialTimes.com, climate engineering, a quick fix, question mark, or a risky distraction? Let's all keep pretending that this elephant in the sky isn't really there. The report continues. Advocates say reflecting solar radiation back into space can help cool a warming planet, but opponents fear a devastating free-for-all In its most recent report on solar radiation management, the UN Environment Program described the technology as, quote, the only way to cool the planet in the short term. How is that working out so far after over 75 years of this insanity in our skies? When will the public stop believing the official anything they're told in any arena and start thinking and researching for themselves, Dump the bias, preconception, and programming and use our God-given sense of reason or we have no chance. Simple equation. From science.com, a global transition to flash droughts under climate change. Flash droughts, we didn't hear that term sooner than about a decade and a half ago, and now we see it all the time. Climate engineering desiccant particles, drying out the atmosphere, that's exactly what was declared in Lahaina, Maui, the week before the event happened, flash drought. Signature climate engineering, that is the effect that these desiccant particles caused, not only cutting off precipitation, but drying out the atmosphere. Also causing vapor pressure deficit, which I described earlier. The report then says this new study reveals that droughts have begun to intensify more rapidly since the 1950s. Keep in mind, climate engineering first deployed immediately after World War II. Those dates match up quite well. And that flash droughts have become more common over much of the world. This trend, which makes drought monitoring and forecasting more difficult, is associated, the report states, with greater evapotranspiration and precipitation deficits caused, they say, by anthropogenic climate change, and it's projected to expand to all land areas in the future. You can't have less overall rain on a rapidly warming planet. The laws of physics make that absolutely clear. I reported on that again and again and again. 7% more moisture held for every degree C warming. We are likely past 3.5 degrees C now. The only factor that can do what this describes is the factor we're not being told about climate engineering operations and its hydrological cycle disrupting effects, desiccant particles. Search the engineering drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn much, much more. But while the world is incinerating, what do we have from ABC News? This from this week. It's happening. Utah ski resorts celebrate first snow of the season. It reports says after one of the longest winters in recent memory, it feels like Utah just got rid of its snow from the 2023 season. And Snowbird Ski Resort is already celebrating the first snow of the season. It's called Chemical Ice Nucleation for Weather Modification. This is exactly the kind of headline the controllers and the climate engineers want because it confuses and divides the population as to the true state of planetary meltdown and climate collapse. Chemical Ice Nucleation for Weather Modification. Please, please search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Geoengineering Watch is... The only source I know of that's trying to disclose this core component of climate engineering. Why is that the case and when will that change? From PHYS.org, researchers find Antarctic ice shelves thinner than previously thought. Reports as a new study suggests that prior attempts to evaluate the mass of the huge floating ice shelves that line the Antarctic ice sheet may have overestimated their thickness. In other words, they were wrong again. It's much worse than they thought again. We see it over and over and over. We knew at geoengineeringwatch.org, how come the whole of the so-called climate science community didn't know, and they're only now disclosing some of this because they can't hide it any longer? Now let's add this from Bloomberg.com. Mother Nature is staging a climate intervention. Reports as fire, hurricanes, and flooding aren't really polar opposites in this new era of climate change. They're manifestations of one another. They're manifestations also, in a very coarse sense, of intervening in the planet's life support systems, a.k.a. climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. And let's rewind to this reminder of a recent report from salon.com titled we won't be the first civilization to collapse but we may well be the last this time the report says collapse will be global it will not be possible as in ancient societies to migrate to new ecosystems rich in natural resources the steady rise in heat will devastate crop yields already happening and make much of the planet uninhabitable already happening climate scientists warn that once temperatures rise by four degrees C The Earth, at best, will be able to sustain a billion people. Frontline data indicates we're past 3.5C now. That doesn't mean that such a dive occurs overnight, but it means that it's already baked in. The more insurmountable the crisis becomes, the more we, like our prehistoric ancestors, will retreat into self-defeating responses, violence, magical thinking, and denial. We're there now. And that denial includes the so-called climate science community and the so-called environmental community that can't seem to summon the courage to admit to the climate engineering elephant in this equation. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 422, September 9th, 2023. This is Dane Wigginton, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on... 27 AM and FM stations throughout the country. All recent recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last-hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary titled The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. Now with approaching 2 million views, I believe we're 1.7 million views, and that's in spite of Total censorship from Facebook, trying everything they can, and Google included, to suppress this information. The best way to share the dimming is by circulating the direct link to it by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming, or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. About reaching those that still aren't looking up, again, Geoengineering Watch awareness-raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. High-quality printed materials, shocking images, a picture's worth a thousand words, as the proverb goes. We also have Geoengineering Watch hoodies. Shirts, four-color images on both of those, front and back, extremely high-quality images, and we have scannable business cards, bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a Geoengine watch shirt or hoodie, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, or busy street downtown, please send us your photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voice heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. It's now or never. Moving on from eand.com, the economics of life and the economics of death. A planet scarred, broken, whose lungs are black and whose bones are melting, ravaged and raped by centuries of exploitation, treated like another slave, another commodity, strip-mined for profit, but now the oceans are rising in rebellion, now the fires and floods are here, with climate engineering further fueling both. Economies stagnating, even the perception of democracy is slowly withering away, people are in such psychological distress that it goes largely unnoticed. There's rage, ignorance, despair, emptiness, futility, mistrust, and depression all rising. There is also hate, gathering like a hurricane, in nation after nation, people disappointed in empty promises of prosperity that never came to be, and then turn on their friends, neighbors, and colleagues. Yes, Mad Max on steroids, it's coming to a city or town near you. Every day that collapse is delayed by endless money printing from thin air. Doubling down on denial will make the now inevitable and very near impact even more abrupt and catastrophic when it finally hits with full fury. From CommonDreams.com, North America's summer of wildfire smoke 2023 was only the beginning. They're forewarning you. Reports as the pressing question on how many people's minds. Is this the new normal from our perspective as air quality scientists? We think the answer is likely yes. So if this is only the beginning of what's scheduled for populations, constant smoke inhalation along with whatever the climate engineering operations are dispersing, often directly over the smoke canopies, what will be the consequences to human health that we're now being told to expect? Again, last week I covered the new term that we are told Lahaina residents will contract, fire brain. And now we're being told of the other new term, smoke brain. Has anyone ever heard of such terms before this year? Anyone? Here's a few more recent reports on this subject from the National Institute of Health. Blood brain barrier dysfunction after smoke inhalation from National Geographic. How wildfire smoke can damage your brain and body. Of course, we know that, but they are truly emphasizing it now and in ways that we've never before seen from neuroscience how wildfire smoke can alter brain health and trigger inflammation summary researchers discovered that wildfire smoke can trigger long lasting inflammation in the brain their study shows that this inflammation specifically targets the hippocampus a brain area crucial for learning and memory from wildfire.today.com, researchers find that wildfire smoke poses neurological hazards. From theconversation.com, breathing wildfire smoke can affect the brain and sperm as well as the lungs. From CTV News, wildfire smoke can damage the brain long after the flames are extinguished. I could go on and on and on. There are now so many sources of what firestorm smoke will now do to your brain. There's no way to cover them all, but here's the point. Is there any acknowledgement of what else is in the smoke? Is there any testing whatsoever that would detect and disclose nanoparticles of toxic heavy metals and polymers that are also raining down through our breathable air column? Which means these toxic particles are also building up on foliage and structures and are thus resuspended in the atmosphere during any and all firestorms, not to mention the added dispersions we see taking place directly on top of the smoke canopies. And further, as I've pointed out numerous times, geoengineeringwatch.org captured time-lapse footage of this type of dispersion taking place over the Paradise Fire. Next headline from Wired.com. Cities aren't supposed to burn like this anymore, especially Lahaina. Reports as humans figured out how to prevent huge fires in urban areas over a century ago, why have they gotten so bad again? Some objective research on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org would do wonders to fill in that blank. From nature.com, this headline, Dust, How the Pursuit of Power and Profit Has Turned the World into Powder. Reports says from atmospheric nuclear testing to the U.S. Dust Bowl, human activities have left a toxic legacy of particulate pollution, and the unseen fallout continues to this day. Stop and consider that report from the renowned by many nature.com. A report that makes no mention whatsoever of the constant spraying of our skies by climate engineering operations. And there is no official metering for nanoparticulates. No disclosure. They simply go completely under the radar. Tens of millions of tons of annual dispersion of highly toxic aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fiber, surfactants, graphene under the radar by design. Spraying that is so obvious so inarguable that its continued denial calls into question the sanity of many, the moral depravity of others, and the lack of courage and still more. After over 20 years of non-stop slogging in the battle to expose the climate engineering atrocities, I feel many things. Fatigue, anger, frustration, betrayal, the list goes on. I never wanted to face this fight. I only wanted to continue my work in the forest, in solitude, planting trees. But this is the post I was given. I will not abandon it. From internationalman.com, why the collapse of Rome is foretelling the decline of the U.S. Empire, and indeed it's not the U.S. Empire, it's the entire planet. The author writes, to recover the bare sensation of being alive, the Roman populace, high and low, governors and governed, flocked to the great arenas, for games and distractions. Consuming entertainment became the primary priority of Roman citizens in Rome's decadent phase. As the author also states, not to be present at the show was to be deprived of, in their state of mind, life, liberty, and happiness. Edward Gibbon, the author of The History of the Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire stated this, The decline of Rome was the natural and inevitable effect of immoderate greatness. Prosperity ripened the principle of decay. The causes of destruction multiplied with conquest. As soon as time or accident had removed the artificial supports, the fabric yielded, a.k.a. collapse unfolded. On last week's broadcast, I gave a brief outline of the incredible tenacity and fortitude of the 19th century polar explorer, Ernest Shackleton, who endured more than most can even imagine, who guided his 28-man crew to safety and survival again and again and again, during the span of almost two years, stranded on the vast polar wasteland of Antarctica. And I've often pondered what went through Shackleton's mind When faced with no alternative but to leave most of his crew behind on a barren frozen rock outcropping at the frozen bottom of the world, and with five of his crew members set out in a small wooden lifeboat with a makeshift sail and almost no provisions and somehow managed to navigate almost a thousand miles of the coldest, roughest, and most brutal terrifying seas on the planet, Over the course of weeks, not only surviving, but somehow finding his way to the southernmost outpost of an island where he recruited the help of a few inhabitants, whalers, and after three failed attempts to reach his dying crew members, as I stated last week, with borrowed ships, he never gave up. And finally, after many months, on Shackleton's fourth attempt... Again, as stated in last week's broadcast, he somehow managed to reach his men who had been stranded for many months on the incredibly remote southern ocean rock outcropping known as Elephant Island. Shackleton made it literally days before some of his crews would have perished, and yes, he saved them all. Against all odds, he saved them all. And we would do well all of us, to remember Shackleton's stunning example of tenacity, fortitude, and fearlessness. And here's the point of bringing this story up again, to consider this profound quote from Shackleton, who not only endured the impossible, but who prevailed. He said, we had seen God in all his splendors, heard the text that nature renders. We had reached the naked soul of man, In my past, what now seems like a former life, I found myself caught in a storm at sea, gale force winds raging in my small diving boat some 50 miles off the California coast. And 50 miles might not sound like far for those that have not ventured so far from land in a small boat, but when you're alone in a small single-engine vessel with towering swells and waves in every direction, 50 miles feels like forever. With adrenaline pumping through my veins, "'and struggling to make it over every single wave "'with sea spray blasting me in the face "'and then careening down the other side "'of each massive wave as it passed, "'so steep that the boat's propeller "'was frequently coming completely out of the water. "'Land seemed a million miles away. "'My compass stopped working from the pounding of the seas, "'and I couldn't see land, not even close. "'I made my best guess at a heading. "'I prayed, and I continued to navigate the gauntlet "'that surrounded me to the best of my ability.' But I had such an incredibly deep and profound longing for a safe harbor. And the hours that followed felt like days. And near nightfall, I caught sight of the Ventura Harbor jetty over the top of the waves. And somehow, way, I had found the correct path or I'd been guided on that path to the mouth of the harbor, dead on. And once within it, and sheltered from the raging wind and waves, I dropped to my knees. Exhausted but grateful beyond words. I gave thanks to my maker for deliverance from my own folly, my fault that I had to endure that. And here's my point to all of this. What I had just gone through was only a portion of a single day. I can't begin to imagine what Shackleton endured along with his men. I can't imagine what so many others have also faced and continue to face in so many circumstances all over the world Circumstances that are so distant in the minds of so many that have never faced such challenges. So many struggling to survive, if only for another day. For far too many, there is no safe harbor to find not here. But they soldier on just the same, no matter what comes. If they can, we can. The choice is ours and ours alone. We, all of us, each of us, are here for a reason. It's up to each of us to Rise to the challenge as best we can. That is our only responsibility, to exercise our God-given will morally, virtuously, honorably, courageously. The rest is in bigger hands. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help in this desperate battle to expose and halt the ongoing weather warfare onslaught in our skies. Please make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.